Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Because I was the big girl, the big sister, I was very, like, sturdy. I was the one who would, like, look after myself and look mm. after the others and set a good example. And mm. I could never be vulnerable. And I wanted to be vulnerable, like, visibly vulnerable. Hello and welcome back. In today's episode, I'm joined by the journalist and author Daisy Buchanan. Daisy wrote a book called How to Be a Grown-Up in 2016 that was part memoir, part useful tips, and it was received very well. So she's following it with a new book that's out in two days on the 7th of March called The Sisterhood, in which she amusingly muses on her relationships with her sisters. I've just finished my copy and thought it was very funny and it really struck a chord with me. So I'd encourage you to make a note to buy it when it's out. As well as writing books, Daisy is a busy journalist and also hosts the podcast You're Booked, in which she invites a guest to discuss the books that they've enjoyed and those that have been instrumental in shaping their lives. Needless to say, there's a bit of book chat in this episode, but also a lot about beauty and how Daisy's reflection has affected how she's felt throughout her life, as well as the products and rituals she's found to be excellent. Here's Daisy. Hi, Daisy Buchanan. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming on. I need to ask you before I start with anything else about your name. Um, were your parents very into literature? <laughs> um, yes, they are. But actually, this is, um, it is an assumed name. Um, ah. It started as a joke. And it was a bit to do with me when I was first using social media. I wanted mm-hmm. to have a bit of a, a gap. Also because I was working on a teen magazine. And I wanted to do stuff that kind of wasn't teen. So know. Daisy came later on then. The Daisy identity. <laughs> but it's interesting that it's almost that sets up a duality. Really very early on in our conversation. That there there is a side of you that's almost the private Daisy. And then the public Daisy. Well, I mean it's funny because you know growing up. So I was mostly in, I was born in, in Dorset um, and we moved to Buckinghamshire when I was about five and then back to Dorset when I was ten. So mm. always being kind of, you know, around nature. I live in Margate by the seaside now mm. and I loved um, being fairly near the coast. So I think mm. I was definitely kind of inspired to go back there. But yeah, I, you know, you think a lot about kind of, I suppose makeovers and changes yeah. and who I'd become and I was I remember thinking a lot about um Madonna who mm. seemed to get to just you know that this idea of constant rebirth and yeah. reinvention and every year it's like which Madonna is she gonna be like I just thought does she really really commit to her new year's resolutions yeah. she's like but also, sexy yeah. yeah but also do you think she do you think she decided to do that or do you think it's a natural progression because I think it must have been that she sat down and thought this year I'm doing you know. Yeah, I don't know if she's almost like a, a she's a, she's a, a proto trend forecaster, mm. I think, and I'm sure that a lot of it was her kind of setting the tone, but also being quite futuristic yeah. in terms of her thinking. There's that, and also um, Meg in Little Women and her makeover, yes. yeah. and she she gets sexy and she is she's punished for it, yeah. as you know, sort of it's good. Um, yeah. What's the what sort of like pilgrim literature? You know that doesn't go down well. But usually people are rewarded when they do the makeover. Which is the one with um Audrey Hepburn where she goes? She's a chauffeur's daughter and she goes. Uh, oh, Sabrina. Sabrina, that's it. And she comes back and suddenly everyone fancies her. And mm. I think that when you're someone who feels like you're unpopular and potentially you know not someone people would fancy or not someone people mm. aspire to look like, then you think one day I could do that. 
Oh, God, yes, because I used to be absolutely, absolutely obsessed with the idea of dyeing my hair blonde. Okay. I was, what colour was your hair? Well, it was when I was little, it was blonde, and there's a picture of me, mm. and it's probably, like, you know, down to my back and wavy, and it's like Barbie hair. Like, what happened? Oh, nice. Because then, because uh, being, you know, one of um, six girls, yes. and lots of um, children are absolutely fair enough. My mum was like, this is quite a lot of maintenance, mm. the hair of this child. So went and got it chopped off. And it went like really, 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 really dark brown overnight, and it was short, and it was in really tight curls. And half the kids at school thought it was a wig, and the other half thought it was a hat. Oh, <laughs> so we're the same age. And when you were young, when my memories of that time of being younger were that it, people were experimenting a lot with makeup and the way they looked, but it wasn't really very polished and neat. It was all kind of quite fun still. It, yeah, everything yeah. sort of stood out in your face mm. is my memory. So. Mm. I'd maybe be like, oh, I'll try lipstick. And I'd have no, and I'd no, no notion of really, I think even foundation, I'd sort of put that, it was always that concealer that looked a bit like a lipstick. I remember the ones, yeah. Mm. Did they do that one that was kind of, it's supposed to be a tea tree thing, that was supposed to oh, spots? Yes. Absolutely did not. It just made everything yeah. scabby yeah, yeah, and terrible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, or, you know, I think eyeliner, actually, mm. that was the most transformative thing. And my mum, because, um, this is why there are so many of us brought up. Strict Catholic family. Yes. My mum didn't really wear makeup. She'd maybe wear makeup twice a year. And she had a real horror of it. And okay. so I was obsessed. And I used to think eyeliner is like, that's a proper... I just, I've wanted to look in my head. Yeah. I'm not sure if I ever said this out loud at the time. And this is um, a reductive word. And it's not a word I use anymore. But my feeling very mm. strongly when I was sort of, you know... 11, 12, 13, 14, was I wanted to look slutty. It was a sort of a, a sporty sluttiness. Or, yes. And I don't know if I quite I'd had that. When also, because of, you know, being a teenager mm. and not having very much money. And, you know, we were very, very comfortable and I was really fortunate in lots of ways, but I didn't yeah. have massive pocket money. And there was always a sense of sort of, like making do and yeah. making versions of the thing. So I'd read the glossy Sunday supplements and mm. I loved, I can't remember if it was style then, the, the Sunday Times fashion one, things like Stella, or what yeah. incarnations of those yeah. they would have been. But reading these super aspirational things, knowing about, um, I'm going to get this wrong, is it um, Maharishi? There's the old yeah. saints, like the Session yeah. Combats and things. Yeah. And all that kind of like sort of weird, like bad Western Asian thing. Yes. And then I just put, a skirt over some trousers with my like wringing my eyes with a skirt over your trousers. I'd forgotten about that. That I was know, awful. It was a bad scene, that was a bad wasn't it? And do you yeah. remember the, yeah. and the versions of them that sort of ended up on? I remember because I probably had well. them. Oh yeah. god, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. Not, not good. No, that's the thing about growing up in Dorset is when you're doing the worst kind of cultural appropriation going. No one can call you on it because pretty much every other person that you meet is white and over 70. So tell me about your sisters then. So were they, what, what ages are they? Where do you sit? We are really close in age. I'm mm. the eldest. Thank okay. you for asking. Thank you for not assuming I'm the eldest because I'm very barren about that. You're the eldest. Um, so it's me. I am um, 33. Probably mm-hmm. I'll be 34 by the time this goes yes. up. And then when Beth, are you 34? I, it's uh, March. Ah, so okay. soon. Yeah. Beth is. Mm. that's a good question she must be 30 did she turn 30 no I can't do biological maths no I know it's hard (laughs) she must be she'll be 33 Mm -hmm. this year then Gracie is after her oof my yeah she was 30 last year so she'll Uh she's 30 she'll be turning 31 
Um, Liv is 29 this year. She's mm-hmm. 20 at the moment. And Maddie and Dottie, twins of both 26. All girls. All girls. And then the, um, your mum and your dad. All girls, mum and dad. I remember Beth had a really kind of like pop punk goth stage mm-hmm. really vividly. And we were quite... Because we were so close in age, mm-hmm. it got quite intense. And I remember there was a real switch when she was maybe 10 or so. Mm. She just wanted to be me and wanted okay. to copy me. And we did also, we did quite a lot of sharing and like pooling our resources. Mm-hmm. And because she was, I was, um, I started puberty quite early. Mm-hmm. And so our bodies were different. Okay. And we were, I was kind of a bit in denial about this. And so we'd be like, well, we've got this much money and we can, you know, get as much as we can for for our dollar with mm. you know it's like you buy this top and I'll buy this and I'll be like and every time she got something new I'd be like great because that's for me too yeah, but then yeah. obviously I would stretch it and she'd yeah. get very upset about that with absolutely justified in that being upset how did that make you feel though oh but well no it made me really miserable um you know because I had um issues with eating disorders and issues with my bodies and I think and it's something that kind of comes up in um in my book The Sisterhood mm-hmm. which is about growing up with you know as one of six girls and about mm-hmm. sort of you know what I've learned about womanhood and feminism in a mm-hmm. wider sense and that intense environment of being all girls and all you know you want to be like them and yeah. you feel so kind of weirdly lost when you're not as <laughs> as a kid doing so much secret reading yeah and having this weird like because there was no sort of like through line to mm, it and there was like mm. my dad loves Stephen King so yeah. he'd have all the Stephen Kings but so also, what were you reading Oh, well, I remember reading Carrie um, quite early. I haven't and being, read that. It's quite sexy. There's Is it? lots of good car sex okay. in Carrie. Yeah, yeah. That was all, because again, Catholic childhood, sex mm-hmm. was kind of, really had to look for it. And right. I really, really looked. Yeah. Um, Valley of the Dolls was one of the first books I read. Lots of um, hot lesbian action in Valley of the Dolls. Yeah. I enjoyed that very much. I'm um, currently reading Lace. Have you read that? <gasps> yes! Okay, have you got I've into never... the goldfish yet? Yeah, I'd never read it. Rebecca Reed actually gave it to me for my birthday and said, oh. I can't believe you've not re- read this. You've got to read it. And I'm loving it. But yeah, the sex scenes are quite sexy in it. And I was like, if I'd have read this when I was 14, I'd be like, this is saucy. Because like, it's yeah. properly explicit. But I really yeah. read it a few years ago because yeah. I do just remember being like, no, no, no. But the friendships in Lace and this group of women and the way they fall out and mm. come together and mm. that tenderness that's the real love story completely joy completely. yeah and I kind of I missed that first mm. time mm. around mm. um and I think that's what the books I love are about that kind of you know to bring it back to yes. like the sisterly connection whether yeah. that's biological sisterhood or not like one of my yeah. favorite um books growing up that I was totally allowed to read and that was fine was um Ballet Shoes. I just loved okay. Nell Stratfield so much. So Ballet Shoes is about three fossil sisters mm-hmm. and they're adopted. Mm-hmm. So great uncle Matthew, mm-hmm. who's not in the book very much. He's got a niece called Sylvie, Sylvia and they live in this sort of big house um, in South Kensington. Mm-hmm. And it's um, my friend Lauren, her, she put it beautifully. You know, when you're like, oh, that's exactly how I feel that you've put it into words. It's like yeah. favourite genre of books is posh but poor. You know, big rambling house, Catch lots of castle, people. Sort of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. You know, all of my sisters are quite academically able. Went to quite an academic school, mm-hmm. um, and there was lots of kind of competition. But there was, and that is something I've only really realised recently. I've mm. always thought of myself as being quite ambitious, but I'm like, well, am I, or is it just because I failed, or I feel like I failed if I've not got the A star or whatever the equivalent of the A star is in your thirties? 
And again, it's not for me. I don't know who it's for. For all kinds of reasons, you know, mm-hmm. it's never enough. And I think it took me a long time to stop doing this, more in romantic relationships. Yeah. You're like, well, oh, if you're easy to please, your approval means nothing. Who's going to be a challenge? Who doesn't Completely. like me? When I was, I think, 13 or 14, I started experimenting with um, with sun in, and I went quite ginger, and mm. I was in denial about how ginger I was. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong at all with being ginger, it just, it it was quite orange and quite yeah. sudden, and I was yeah. doing it, you know, with, I remember I had this, I loved it so much, I had a, a Carmen hairdryer that was like forest green, and okay. I think I asked for it for a birthday, because there was like, there was a family hairdryer, and mm. I just wanted one of my own. There was yeah. a diffuser I didn't know how to use, but I'd like spray my whole hair with sun in, and yeah. there'd be quite a rooty dark line and then what did you do it before you went in the sun um no well you could do it with could you develop it with a so hair dryer? Hair dryer. oh i didn't even realize that because my sister used to use it but she used to go and lie on a balcony at my parents house my sister was really blonde anyway but she wanted to be blonder so she'd constantly lie there with sun in next to her there'd be like a hawaiian tropic and then a sun <laughs> <laughs> i didn't realize you could do it with a hair dryer and still I mean, that smell would be so proustian yeah kind of a scent yeah um, so yeah i was a um very much, it's quite bright ginger. Yeah. Um, I remember certain kind of clothes that I really, really like. I think it's like, that's something that I've not really thought about or talked about before. How, because um, that was really, it was when I moved to secondary school and mm-hmm. I started having kind of eating disorders. Not, mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be a trigger warning to be a big yeah. millennial, but yeah, I don't, yeah. I know it's something that's really important. And I know, because I used to find that as well. And one of the things that kind of, what gave me the idea was mm. I was always obsessed with reading about eating disorders and it was horribly motivating but when I did start to lose weight I felt in charge of my body for the first time and I was really excited about clothes was it a conscious thing that you decided to say I'm going to eat in a certain way do certain things that make me thinner or do you think that there was I mean obviously there was more play but I mean was it a conscious decision oh god I think so I Mm. think and I can't believe I'm saying this but it's true I think up to a point it's quite kind of aspirational and it was weird as well having gone from this fairly small school where Mm. I was a nerd and I wasn't popular but I was like I was tolerated and I knew exactly who I was I was yeah. always kind of you know top of the class I didn't yeah. really have to kind of put much in in the way of effort mm-hmm. and I yeah. got to this all-girls school mm-hmm. and everybody was just so kind of glamorous mm-hmm. and really really like slim and clever I wasn't clever anymore right. I was just average and you yeah. know not kind of, and I remember I remember having these shoes that, and I used to, and I'd I'd wear them now actually, but they Mm. were like my new school shoes, Mm. and they were dark, they were black suede with silver buckles and kind of pointy toes, and they were quite kind of elfin, but I remember as this, you know, nerdy book-loving child, I was like, well, these are quite, you know, these are a bit like Violet, um, I can't say her name, uh, Trufius, um, Virginia Woolfie. And then I got there and everybody was wearing kickers. And I just thought, oh, oh no, yeah. <laughs> no one's going to notice. Oh. Um, and yeah, the feeling that always there's, I felt at the time that like I carry so much in my head. Mm. I'd be cool if mm. everybody only knew how cool I was. But now I'm like in the wrong shoes and I made a big huge mistake and that so was your external was at odds with what you felt was inside oh god absolutely yeah. and I think yeah. that's kind of why it started I wanted to have a kind of a secret 
I guess. And that's mm-hmm. something that I've thought about a bit in writing the book, realising yeah. how... And I don't think I really consciously picked this up for a long time, but when you're part of a big family, mm. everybody is up in your business, always, because that's how families work. And, you know, mm. it's lovely and wonderful, but also as someone on the brink of adolescence, mm. wanting something cool. And also, I think, always feeling like, because I was the big girl, the big sister... I was very, like, sturdy. I was the one who would, like, look after myself and look mm. after the others and set a good example. And mm. I could never be vulnerable. And I wanted to be, vul- like, visibly vulnerable, which is a weird thing to yeah. say. But there was a, you know, kind of this idea that I was... Again, it's, like, the people-pleasing, isn't it? It's yeah. like, I'm the one who always says please and thank you. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. you know, makes conversation with difficult grown-ups. And... There's also something... So, uh, similarly, I, I didn't have an eating disorder per se, but I, 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 a lot of what you said resonated with me. And I think that when I got to the age of wanting to feel like a woman and wanting men to fancy me, it wasn't necessarily that they wouldn't have done in, in, in my size, but that I wanted to feel vulnerable as a woman because that was what I saw and what mm. I read about. It was this thing of, you know, a woman being carried somewhere or woman being like just dainty and I wasn't dainty I was quite sturdy and actually when you get older you're like oh great I don't get ill as much I'm quite robust but when you're young you just want to be dainty and fail almost I never ever ever once felt that way I remember Mm. really silly when I was very little so my cousin Claire I mean now um Claire is like she loves the outdoors. I think she'd like to be a farmer. She got married yeah. in DMs. She came in on like the back of a tractor. Yeah. You know, but she was just this like this willow. And I think she had I think she had asthma. I was very caught <laughs> I was very jealous of the kids with asthma because yeah. I was too, just too sturdy. I think I was about six and yeah. I got scarlet fever. Yeah. I think. And I would like, well, mummy, I can die from this, can't I? She's like, yeah. not in this century, no. And I was like, what do you Such mean? a shame. <laughs> yeah. I want you to be crying. Yeah. I want you to think that I'm a death star. Yeah, of course. I got whooping cough last winter and I was delighted when the doctor said it was whooping cough, even though it was horrible, because I was like, what a Victorian illness. I was the sort of kid who, if there's a pantomime and they want someone to go up on stage, it'd be like, me, me. And yeah. I was never chosen. And Beth would... I mean, quite often this happened where she would hide before mm-hmm. she went on the stage. Mm-hmm. And I think it's that kind of attitude that has got me into trouble. But I'm always like, me, yeah. I will make my life into an adventure. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know, I look back and I do wish I had known then that having a boyfriend, it, God, I definitely was like, it's like having a status symbol. Mm. And I think it did def- sort of give me a bit more freedom I was pushing for freedom always Mm. um in a way that I think not all of my sisters were were doing but some of them did but I always felt like I was I suppose just really wanting to go on to the next stage even if I didn't really know what that was I was never in retrospect you sometimes wish you'd let things happen to you rather than making them happen yourself oh god yeah I Mm. wish I wish I'd thought like you know I might not get a boyfriend until much, much, much later, and that is fine, mm-hmm. or ever. I wish I'd not felt like I need all of this external validation. I'm always looking for validation. That yeah. is it. And it's like, again, I had that, I remember, it's like a list. It's like, I really want a boyfriend, and I want a mobile phone, and I want a part-time job, and yeah. all of these yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just so, so, so desperate to be... Mm-hmm a grown-up to have yeah. this life to get close to the Sunday supplements and the and like this is going to end in me in, in London with my 
back of designer clothes, living my yeah. life. So tell me then how you went from being a girl, dating a boy, doing your GCCs, to being a grown-up at, let's say, you know, 20, writing. How did you do that? I did a lot of um, student journalism mm-hmm. when I was at uni. I Did you enjoy uni? Isn't it? I, I really, really loved it. I think the second year, I was miserable as arse. Mm. Um, I was with this, my very first boyfriend mm. still. We both ended up at the same place. Our relationship was in the, the death throes. Mm. And I felt so... Oh, God. I just remember feeling really, 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 really insecure. Mm. And really, 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 really unattractive. And also the fact that I was, you know, supposed to be in this very serious relationship with someone that I just didn't fancy. And, yeah, feeling like, how do I... I don't think I felt as though I had the option to to leave or mm. to to get out of it. Were you still struggling with eating and Yeah, I was. Well, I put on a lot of weight in my second year mm. and it was because I was just misery eating, comfort eating and drinking really, 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 really heavily because mm. I was just trying to escape my life all the time. And I think there was a bit of me that's like, oh, you've got a boyfriend now so you can give up. And that's the other thing as well where, oh God, it's a horrible thing to say or to think. But I, And I was... I think probably um, about the same size then as as I am now, but I felt really, you know, I was definitely a lot less sort of healthy and less thoughtful. I remember doing this horrible job at a call centre and coming home late and every night having like a pack of filled pasta covered in butter. Yeah. And then, and you know, eating like vast pans of things and, Mm. and yeah, and thinking, well, I don't think anybody... I can't leave this relationship because nobody else will be attracted to me. Mm. So, and that was um, the only relationship you've been in. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and then, and as well, yeah, drinking far too much because mm. thinking like, well, this is what you do when you're a student. You have yeah. fun and go crazy. Yeah. And, um, you know, at the time, even my boyfriend was worried about my drinking. Yeah. I've lost friends because of it. I just go to parties and pass mm. out. And I think everybody was so worried about me and so sick of being worried about me. And I was like, mm. I'm just having crazy adventures. And like, no, you're... You think you've got a problem. Yeah. Were you managing to keep up academically? Um, barely. I was, wasn't really enjoying it at all. So mm. I was kind of, you know, I was handing my essays in. Mm. I was more or less... Mm. going to lectures but I was it wasn't like school it was the first time where I really wasn't excelling and I really didn't care and I think it was I just felt so disconnected from the course yeah you know that part of things I wasn't enjoying reading English yeah Yeah. and what I'd loved so much about studying at school was you have the text and you rip it up and get so close to it and really really go in but and it's all, it was a lot like, it made me think of um, in Friends mm-hmm. when Phoebe is teaching Joey the guitar, but she won't let him hold the guitar. And I'm like, you, you can't really, we don't want to talk about the book. We're going to read what these five old dead white men think about the book. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be the basis of your essay. And I was like, I'm so bored. It's so depressing and so different, isn't it? Because you feel like the critics are more important than the actual book. Mm. And then you're taken away from the joy of it. So it's oh, all, completely. Yeah. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. So there was a student newspaper, okay. and again, it was that sort of have a go hero instinct mm-hmm. that's like, I want to do this. And the first thing I did was I interviewed Tim Westwood, you know, okay. the big dog. Um, and this email went out, and I was on the, that was it because they'd the first um, meeting of the student paper. Mm-hmm. Came and I was, you know, like, oh my god, this is all I've done. This is the beginning of my career. So, yeah. Kelly was like, oh, guys, um, does anyone fancy coming to this thing with me? And I was yeah. like, no, no, not <laughs> my thing, not really. It's like, oh, I can't go. But yeah. I ended up on a mailing list anyway, and I yeah. got this email saying, does anyone want to interview Tim Westwood? And yeah. I was like, well, yes, thinking like 20 people will do it. They'll get some like cool, you know, mm-hmm. third year who's like, oh yeah, Westwood's my friend, I'll go and do it. But no. Perhaps unsurprisingly, I was the only volunteer. It was yeah. me and this lovely girl, Miranda, mm-hmm. and we went off to this um, ridiculous nightclub that I don't think exists anymore called Icon Diva. Um, right. And yeah. it was a VIP section. And it was because it was all like a luxury experience. And there was this mad club promoter who I talked to who was so clearly just full of bullshit. <laughs> Can I swear? Yeah. Um, who was all like, you know, yeah, it's like the premier club night. Blah, yeah. Blah, blah. So... We had we drank terrible cheap champagne, yeah. cut with even more terrible knockoff Red Bull. It wasn't okay. real Red Bull; it was having like bolts or something. You know those okay. ones yeah. that come in like yeah, the yeah. Or Sounds awful. And every surface was littered with Carrero Rocher. Carrero <laughs> Rocher as far as the eye could see. Did you eat them? God, yeah. Because once um, I start with Ferrero Rochers, I can't stop. I love them. I think my dream. If I had six months to live I might yeah. regret saying this my for my breakfast every morning I think I'd have a bowl of them with like cream yeah, on the yeah, top yeah, yeah, yeah. they, they, all good. Well, they could be start. cereal because yeah. of the, way the, the nuts, nuts and the, and the mm. crunchy bits on the app. yeah yeah, yeah I completely just, I am and it's a kind of a running joke among mm-hmm. my friends that I'm so obsessed with Ferrero Rocher they're the ultimate luxury lifestyle chocolate yeah. but you can buy them from a petrol station yes they're fantastic I love them have you had different varieties well yes but I don't like them I do not like the I don't like the white ones at all the dark black, you know, the dark the ones. Noir, the yeah. black pearl. No, but I think the originals are the best. Yeah, I mean, I love them for naff reasons. The yeah. white coconut ones get in your teeth a bit. But um, no, I don't see. That's what that annoys me. I find them irritating. Yeah, but there's a lovely one I've had in continental Europe. Oh, it's like a lemony white chocolate one. I didn't nice. know that existed. You see, I'm quite. Where were um, you? Oh, I think and I got them from a train station. I love that you go and abroad like and buy Ferrero Rocher. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was very taken in mm. by the 
the glamour. VIP experience, the yeah. glamour and the yeah. rushing. But also having this sense of like, this is what I want to do. Mm. This, and it felt like a job. And you know, I went on to do, I was the music editor a bit, and then the bar and mm. restaurants bit. And there, mm-hmm. it's really so the student media scene was quite focused. Okay. And when I was on the bar and restaurant section, I wrote a Valentine's Day special review of KSC as a date, and I just took the piss. Yeah. I've not ever told anyone this before. I've mm. never been to KFC, but in a, among a very, 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 very small group of people, mm-hmm. I had strangers coming up to me and saying, I read your review and it was so funny and it was like, it was such a high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, that whole thing, I think, about identity and being really, really lost mm-hmm. and really mm-hmm. like, who am I and what am I doing? And I'm crap at my degree and I'm getting really fat and I hate my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And I had this like moment of connection. Like, yeah shit this is what I want to do yeah but I didn't know that I could do it even then at the time you know I thought well this to be my job would be dreamy yeah I was the only person on the paper who didn't have like an auntie who worked at the independent you Mm -hmm. know everybody was going and doing what their cool work experience and holidays yeah they all lived in London as well and I didn't and I was like I I have no idea how to break into this world this might be where it goes for me so that's Mm -hmm. where I sort of I got the the compromise job, mm-hmm. and I was bad, miserable, mm-hmm. and got fired. And then I got this job at um, at Bliss Magazine, mm-hmm. and I applied to be an intern, and I was so sure that's the sort of thing that never happens you to girls like in. me. Um, when I went to Bliss, because it was based out in Tunbridge Wells in Kent, so okay. at that time, I yeah. had a different boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Again, um, it was... It was a mistake. It was, um, I broke up with my, my long-term boyfriend mm-hmm. and I, God, I remember it was Did great. you break up with him? Yes. Okay. And it felt so good. Did it? Oh <laughs> man. I remember. So, uh, we had this housemate who I, I spent so long trying to break up with him. And yeah. I just about, you know, sorted it. Was he just madly in love with you or was it just that he was complacent? Uh, I think it was a bit of both. Yeah. I think we just, you know, we talked so much about how, um, you know, it's like, but we've come this far. Right. We can't throw it all away these six years. We've got to, and you know, it had been, and we're like, we've been through some really hard times. Like, mm. um, cause I, am I going to tell you this? Yeah, I am. Okay. Um, <laughs> I cheated on him. Mm. Um, when I was super drunk and super unhappy and I was mm-hmm. working at this, um, summer camp for kids. Um, and it was a threesome with two boys mm-hmm. and, I was so, 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 so drunk. And I look back at that and I think it was kind of, in terms of, you know, consent, there were lots of grey areas. Mm -hmm. And I kind of, you know, it's made me realise that I was sort of, I was there for what happened. Mm. And I think, I, I don't think I... I didn't want it to happen, but I don't think I did either. And right. it's, I still haven't quite made sense of it in my head. But one of the ways that I did kind of process it was, you know, I've seen Sex and the City, I'm a wild woman. You know, and I didn't address yeah. the fact that it was quite yeah. traumatic. And also, um, I immediately, immediately told my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And um, he was like, well, you know, we've, we've just got to get through it. And mm. it was, God, when um, I look at our relationship... And the only thing I can compare it to is like, you know, 
in grand designs mm-hmm. and everything's going horribly wrong and they've got no money and they've been living in the caravan for 10 years and everything's leaking and all the builders are like suing them and they're like we've just got to get through this <laughs> and that's that's how that yeah, relationship yeah, yeah, was yeah. and I think we really should have broken up then yeah um you know I found kind of being at, at university generally a real wilderness period in yeah. part because for you know even though in my later teen years you know things got a lot better and I did feel a lot more kind of confident I was still like this is where I you know I'm finally off on my own and I could be the girl I've always wanted to be and then executing that was quite difficult Mm. um but something I did really love about Mm. being a student was um the amount of dressing up I did not you know hilarious student as a dress although that happened too but for the first time, I was absolutely in control of what I wore, and my mum mm. could not say, you know, that's too slutty or that's too short, or even we why are you wearing a ball gown? It's eleven o'clock. Um, I definitely wanted to sort of execute some kind of. I don't know, a look. And again, it never quite succeeded. Yeah. There, there are periods, there are things I remember having. God, for me, actually, it's always jackets. I, yeah. I had a beautiful, I mean, it was probably not so much, but mm. I loved it. It was like a very, like a golden brown velvet jacket with a flare at the back with like covered buttons and loads of like buttons on the cuffs. It's really mm-hmm. Edwardian. Mm-hmm. And a tweed jacket that's like pink with like a fur collar and a lace yeah, trim. Yeah. And yeah, I had this real kind of. I don't know, it was a bit like pre-steampunk, sort of slutty Agatha yeah. Christie character, kind yeah. of. I remember, and God, um, when I discovered Primark, uh-huh. my friend Demi took me to my first ever Primark in mm-hmm. Leeds. And mm-hmm. at the time, I was watching He's Afraid of Virginia Woolf a lot. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to be um, Elizabeth Taylor in that film. And I was like, it's bird nest hair. It's yeah. heavy. I, mean, I probably looked a bit more, more Coronation Street than Elizabeth Taylor. Mm-hmm. But I remember like having the wrap dresses their yeah. jackets, always, always wearing, um, like, kitten heel shoes, really mm. skinny heels, mm. and getting wedged in, like, bridges yeah. and cobblestones all anywhere the you time. Yeah. I used to wear stockings a lot because I was like, I want to be the kind of girl who always wears stockings. Yeah. And always feeling like a hold-up, a cheap mm. one-pound hold-up, yeah. picking at the top of my leg and yeah, rolling yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. So you're playing with your identity a lot then. Yeah. Tell me about your makeup at the time then. Oh, I do remember... Um, and this is quite late, but having a trip to see Demi, who was living in Paris for, for a year, and I learned about blusher, and I was really, really, really late to that party, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, oh, it's not just like, you make your face sort of flat, and you put a load of eyeliner on, yeah. and you go, but like, you can really like have have cheekbones, and I remember yeah. buying this blusher I loved, it was a uh, Macron called Dam, um, as in French for lady, um, mm-hmm. and yeah sort of doing stuff with that and mm. really um but you always so you always enjoyed makeup were you someone who wore makeup every day and do you wear makeup every day now oh I think I did wear makeup most days then um I think I never quite knew what I was doing but I didn't want to admit that I didn't know what I was doing yeah I was like you know because I was like I'm the, I'm supposed to be glamorous mm. I'm supposed to be beyond this um also, when you assume an identity and you kind of think, I'm dressing up in this coat or these shoes, mm. it's much easier to do that than to do the makeup that goes with it. Definitely. Yeah. It was that sort of that artistry. I've got very, um, mm. quite cat-handed. Mm. Um, 
I don't wear makeup every day now because mm. I I don't have to. Um, and I think for me that keeps it really, really fun. I've got makeup on at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I work from home a lot, mm-hmm. um, you know, if I'm not going out. Um, but then because I'm trying to shop less as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, my friend Hannah put it beautifully and she said the woman who lives in my wardrobe has an amazing life and mm-hmm. so I do buy things again for this idea I have about myself and yeah. then if I'm at home if it's you know not like today when I'm out mm-hmm. normally I'll get up I'll put on my gross sweaty gym clothes mm-hmm. oh, excuse me I'll probably faff about for some time and do some emailing or try and do a bit of work then go to the gym come home Going, even though I don't do, it's not like I do a long workout, but going yeah. to the gym seems to take a really long time. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll you be have to starving. Do this before and after as yeah. well. Yeah. Well, I'll make some food because yeah. I've probably not eaten very much. And then I'll eventually get around to like, having a shower or having a bath. And then I'll be like, it's a bit late for me to bother kind of getting dressed. Yeah, I'll just yeah, put on like yeah. jeans and a jumper or pajamas again. If so it's really with, late. are you quite into having a rhythm to your day now? Does that, is that important to you? Um, I wish there was more of one. I wish I could be a bit stricter with myself. Something I do do that I learned, I think, from a Caroline Hiron's cheat sheet that uh, for internet friends circulated was I try to wash my face yes. as soon as I get up and do the kind of, you know, do a cleanse or a double cleanse, mm-hmm. do the, the toner. Do you have problem skin? Have you ever had problem skin? I've never had touching the wood like full-on acne right. um i do i've got a big spot on my nose just at the moment i mean you know when it feels really sore and i'm like don't touch it don't because my impulse is always yeah, yeah, to touch yeah. It. Like, yeah. No. it's impossible I've to leave them alone got yeah. a bit of a i don't know if it's full on like um rosacea but i've got quite a lot of redness on yeah. the side of my face and you've written about liking a bath and kind of um enjoying that element of things so are you quite ritualistic do you enjoy um having time to yourself to kind of sit and be in a bath and, and wallow definitely and increasingly um as I get older mm-hmm. I think I've become much more kind of I'm I'm here now and I'm I'm doing this and I think especially because this winter I've just I felt very cold and mm. I have to in some I have points in the day where I'm like oh I could just fancy a bath I'm like no you've had a bath yeah like a bath is almost something you do just to get away mm. from your cold and your life yeah it's a nice treat especially yeah. when I'm like when I finish this piece I can sort of submerge myself in the water and I do I probably I definitely spend the most money on yeah that smell nice and I'm a sucker for them and I don't I kind of I love beauty mm-hmm. but I don't know if it's a bit because if something smells good then I can't use it wrong it's like it's got one job and it will do that job but um do you have a favorite thing you put in your bath Oh, and also favorite, maybe favorite perfume if you like smell. Um, and perfume, that is a really difficult question. Mm. Um, I love, um, the winter one I love, I've been wearing a lot at the moment is um, Coromandel, the Chanel one. It's really woody and sort of kind of, it's one of those ones that it's a sort of the real, you know, a bit of a vet of a burn, then it dries to something much softer and more powdery. And it's one of those. Ones that everybody's like, oh my god, what is that? Yeah. Um, today, I am wearing one. It's a brand uh, called Rhodes, and mm-hmm. it's called Fool Around. Um, I like and Rhodes. I bought it yeah. because it's called Fool Around. Yeah, um, I had a Liberty voucher. Yeah, and I thought, why not? Um, I love um, the Chanticleer ones. I love uh, Petals mm-hmm. and uh, one called Le Wild. I've got. I think it's got a bit of like tiara flower. Yeah, in that's Chanticleer, isn't it? It's uh, a nice yeah. bottle too. 
It's very sort of, they're quite, um, yes. a bit Jane Collins and Dynasty, those yeah. bottles. They're yeah. quite, um, I quite like that though. I like a perfume bottle to feel like an event. I will, yeah, yeah. you want something that's going to really announce itself. Yeah. Um, that I love the Diana Vreeland ones, and there's one called yeah. Simply Divine that yeah. I want to, but I'm really worried they're going to discontinue it. So I'm, not I'm really side. concerned about that too. She has um, a blue one, I can't remember what it's called, something like astoundingly amazing or something yeah, like that. Because you don't see them everywhere, and then I thought I might treat myself for my birthday. And then mm. the perfume that I was wearing the day before I met my husband, that I love so much, is Dior Forever and Ever. Yeah. I'm really unfashionable, but I love florals i yeah. love the freesia in that yeah. and i did and i was circling it for ages and at the time i really couldn't afford it and i thought mm. it was quite expensive but i was like i just want this so much so i bought it for me yeah. and i met him the next day and mm. i wore it on a wedding day yeah. and it seems to be it makes me feel lucky and it makes oh. me feel like spring and spring is my happiest time yeah there's also something lovely about buying something that you slightly can't afford yes <laughs> well and also I've got a theory that if ever you you're going to buy something if you get the cheap version you always end up getting the expensive agreed, version eventually agreed. So. I think it was Davina McCall who came on the podcast actually and said that she was someone who could never buy the cheap version even if she couldn't afford it she's like I'd much rather mm. wait to get the real thing it just felt like a really important thing for her well it's a bit like I probably don't need to work on a MacBook but I do <laughs> Now you're a very successful writer and journalist. You're very successful. When you go, (laughs) when you go and you do talks, panel talks, and even let's say your Instagram presence where you post pictures of yourself, do you feel slightly nervous about that? How how do you you know because you're it's one thing to put your voice out there; it's quite another to put your image out there as well, and and sort of give it all to people to almost judge. I. Oh, God, I, I, won't, yeah. I really, really do. And events are really fun, but also... So I'm... Um, my book's out... I check, well... Yeah. In, in, when a, is in a couple out? of weeks. So yeah. It's March the 7th. Events are coming. And yes. I was thinking about this and having a real, like... Oh, and still now... Oh, you know, I'm absolutely overjoyed when people ask me to do them. It's so nice of people to to think of me and I've done enough to know it's not scary yeah you go and it's quite nice because you can only be as good as you are in the moment mm-hmm. you know you can't it's not like writing where you go back and revise but still I just feel a bit like I could only I can only disappoint you I yeah. feel like I'm never quite gonna be yeah. what people are, are hoping for and I, I hate that feeling and Instagram I feel like I've got a bit more control over it I do I still feel weird about it because I have this idea in my head that there are people who are just instinctive Instagrammers, nature's Instagrammers. I think you probably are, but I am not mm. one of them. Right. I feel quite kind of... I don't know. I in terms know. of what you think, people who just uh, like sharing images or just... Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I, do, I cannot take a good photo. Um, I'd love to be more playful with it. You know, I love fashion and clothes and dressing up. And I'd mm. really just love to be like, you know what? Here's me in some clothes, but yeah. and I always feel just a bit. C- come on now, who are you really? But you see, when this? I asked you that, I was asking because I really like your fashion post, and I think that you talk about stuff that's important to talk about, and you put the image with it, and it all works together. It's almost like you've written an article and put the perfect image. Oh, well, thank so you that, so much. To me, is a good use of I mean, Instagram. That so is I'm surprised to hear you say that. I do love the captioning, right? And I love having you know the chance to do jokes and things that's yeah, the, yeah, the fun yeah. bit and also yeah I think it is a really nice space I think if I could just move that switch in my head and see it as a, a joyous and creative thing and not be yeah. like oh my god now I think I feel very differently 
about journalism yeah. increasingly and that it's becoming in different ways a difficult time for mm-hmm. it. I think I've, I've changed as well mm-hmm. in terms of the writing I want to do. So that's, I would so much rather do poetry than yeah. punditry, yeah. you know. I yeah. don't want to be like, here's yeah. this thing. Um, it's quite a nasty, I mean, the trolling and the element where people mm-hmm. comment a lot because of the internet, it, it means it's quite a nasty space sometimes. I just, it does, where does it come from? Like, yeah. it's not because... When we talk about it, it's as if there are like there are five, you know, bad people there in the mm-hmm. anorexic. Mm-hmm. But everybody is that even the stuff that's not out and out abuse, it's just there's so much mean spiritedness yeah. and it yeah. It breaks my heart and it yeah. makes me it's the one I want to be hopeful about humans. I want yeah. to believe that we are intrinsically good and kind and uplifting of each other. And yeah. that's when I think, are we though? I am an obsessive Simpsons fan. Okay. And the joke I come back to constantly in my life, I don't know if you know this, but it's sure. one that Homer is trying to construct a barbecue. And you see him, and initially it looks like he's done a perfect job. And it's like, that's a fine looking barbecue. Yeah. And it pans out, and he's just holding the box, and he's like, why does a mine look like that? And it's yeah, just yeah, yeah, disaster yeah, yeah, yeah. behind him. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I feel like that is the greatest metaphor for life and living mm-hmm. life in social media times that I can think of. Yeah. And we need to be honest about the fact that our barbecues are shit. <laughs> and that's fine. To finish, because I'm aware that I've kept you talking for a long time, but I just wanted to get maybe some of your things now that you use in your routine that make you feel good. Oh, well, I think it's called Charlotte Tilbury Flawless Filter. It's yeah. newish and it comes in the glass bottle. Yeah. And every time, cause sometimes I think I can use something for a while and love it. And then it turns on me and I'm like, is this going to, am I going to get the ick? Is it going to mm, get the ick mm. with me? But no, it's... And newness, properly. just newness can make you feel like something's good even when it's not. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. But but this is magic, magic stuff. Yeah. And it really does do that, like, mm-hmm. proper, like, jack-o'-lantern look from within. Yeah. Spoiler candle. What one do you um, use? Two? Um, yeah, I think, I know, because I went to, um, I went to Selfridges, yeah. I think. Um, and she was just like, this one. So, yeah, it's yeah. quite, I'm quite fair. Yeah. So, apart so from maybe two or one. I've mentioned okay. redness. Yeah. So I think it was that. Uh, what else do I um, like? I use a really, really, really cheap sort of matte bronzer as a mm-hmm. concealer. It's just a CYO one. I think it's about three or four. Matte bronzer as a concealer? No, sorry. As a, <laughs> as a contourer. Oh, okay. So I just wow. do a proper, like, the reverse threes. Okay, yes, yes, yeah. And sweep it around. CYO is um, a very good brand. I use their lipstick a lot. Um, oh, yeah, I just got some. It's called Sleephaven. It's a really pretty pink. It's really dusky. Okay. Um, is it the one with the lip liner on one end and lipstick on the other? Oh, no, it's just a basic lip liner. Okay, lip but look out one. for those because they're really good. handy. They've got the exact oh, same colour lip liner on the, on the oh, other that's end. that's what you need. Really it? handy, yeah. Um, yeah, I do uh, do love a bit of um, C-Tills. I'm using yeah. a Sunday Riley um, CEO. It's oh. got vitamin C and... Moisturiser. I love it. It's uh, like a serum. Mm. Um, and it smells properly of oranges. It really, really does. Yeah. And yeah, I yeah. think I love it. I also yeah. think that I have to love it because it costs seventy pounds. <laughs> extortion. Don't use it at the same time as acids, though. On the same day, uh, it's way too much. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I, I will stop doing that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sorry, it makes me nervous. I feel acid. like someone's mum or something. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and I most nights I use a uh, rapid lash um, because um, I love an eyelash extension, but an eyelash extension does not love me. No. So I've been weaning myself off and I, trying to. I can't them. bear them as well because they like I like them at first, but then they start to go a bit batshit. Like they mm. look, look a bit mad. They hang at weird angles. Yes. and things. Yeah, and you sort of they go, go a little more. Maybe it's just me. I go a bit crusty. Yeah, yeah. I've they paid, look a bit like mad old woman. A lot of money for yeah, them as well. Yeah, yeah. It's not like because I know you can get them done for a tenner, and I'm like, yeah, no. not, I don't expect those to be good. No, you no, know, no. it's like two hundred quid. And yeah, stuff. and that thing as well, where you're kind of you're always like putting your hands in front of your face, but like. 
pistol And it's slightly too long. I think one day we'll look back at that and it will be like people overplucking their eyebrows and like yes. it will just look ludicrous. I'm like, I'm not, I had it done a couple of times and I'm like, Matt, do you know what? I'm actually not into it at all. But Rapid Lash, I'm very into because it does work. It does work. Yeah, it really Because there, there's that super expensive one as well and it's not cheap, but it does yeah. last for a while. Yeah. And you can put it in your eyebrows too, but like Rapid Brow is also really good. They both work. They seem to make hair grow. I'm, I'm very into the Rapid is, family. Well, I, I tried to buy some castor oil for that purpose and they wouldn't sell it to me because people make bombs out of it now. I know, I know. And also castor oil is so messy, but like Rapid Brow just comes on like a mascara wand and you just wrap, put it through in it. Like, because I had all these plucked out bits and it's helped them to grow back quite You've a lot. You've got really, really good brows. I didn't, I'm on a crusade at the moment though to get people to stop doing shit to their brows because I'm so sick of HD brows. So I've actually put nothing in mind and I, although it makes me slightly uncomfortable because I'm used to the comfort mm. zone of filling them in, I'm now like, no, I will not do it. I'll use a bit of rapid brow, but I'm, I'm not going to be part I of it. Did, yeah. I think about this all the time. Mm. I was on the tube, um, I think it's before Christmas, mm. and there were, there were teenage girls, and I love, this is going to sound creepy, I don't mean it to I love when teenage girls have really like committed to a trend. And yes, together. Completely. And when yeah. you see those things, and everyone's got like the same backpack, and yeah, the same yeah, bit yeah. of jewellery. And these three teenage girls had exactly the same eyebrows, totally different faces and bodies and everything. Yeah, 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 just yeah. matching Sharpie brows. So when they sell stencils, I'm like, how can you sell an eyebrow mm. stencil? They're so personal. They're just meant to look how they look. Because well, I mean, I'm really, really lazy about mine. Mm. That's what I th- Ooh, so yours I, are nice. They suit your face. I think it's a God, is it Maybelline or? Yeah. But it's like it's a really cheap. Like, it's like a, literally a crayon, and I just sort of do a quick like just to kind of give it yeah, a yeah, bit yeah. of bit, bit of something of again because yeah. I've got I'm quite they're quite blonde quite fair yeah. Um, yeah yeah and yeah perfume I wear yes every no. single day so. I could literally listen to you talk the whole day about beauty <laughs> and 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 your life I feel like I've just sort of let you roll um thank you oh. so much for coming on Daisy absolutely absolute pleasure thank you so much for and um, I'm going to put links to your books underneath because oh. I think all of them should be in there um oh, and yeah we'll flag all the dates and stuff like that but thank you very much it is my pleasure Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.,